hamster with a blunt penknife and do it quicker. One, go. Ooh, welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Pen Knife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. Where I can't remember the last time I've had this much fun slagging something off with my dear friend, Dave Rennie, who enjoys the story that we're watching. So I shall try and be gentle. <laughs> Dave, how are you, how you doing? I'm doing good, Joe. Very good. I mean, surely after watching that first episode, you've appreciate a bit more at least. Uh, well, no, I see I was looking at you for most of the episode. <laughs> so that was a visual feast. Every time I glimpsed at the screen, I wanted to shut my eyes and go to sleep. <laughs> see, I managed to get a compliment and an insult in there. Yes, you did. Yeah, that was big. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, yeah. So now look, I've managed to gauge so far, right? Yeah. Yeah. That you like the premise of the story. You like the atmosphere of the story. You like the look of the story. Um, yeah. You haven't actually said what you think about the sort of the season as a whole and this very structured arc. Season six, for me, um, I've kind of had a 180 degree uh, relationship with it. And that when season six was first on the telly, I didn't like it at all. I, I was having arguments with somebody in work about um, he thought it was the greatest season that there had been since it came back. And I was saying, no, are you mad? Um, but then I got the, the box set at Christmas that year and I watched it all in a winner again. And yeah, there's some episodes that are not as good as others, let's just say. I'm, I'm not a fan of one or two of the stories, but I enjoyed it and got much more out of it than I did watching it on the original transmission. That, this season was deliberately is tailored to, you know, like going on to Netflix and seeing a season in a winner. Binge, binge, yeah, yeah. definitely. Because the whole thing about River Song and all the little seeds that are through, I mean, when on original transmission, I was lost, I think, by this story. What on earth was going on? You know, the doctors dying, what's what's going on? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not as good as season five, that's for sure. Uh, but it's certainly better than season 7B, which I've already said are just, oh, just, it's just not my, it, that's the worst season for me since it came back. I mean, it's no secret. Uh, for me to say that six is my least favorite, and I'll tell you what, I think I think six yeah. is ma is massively ambitious, and actually, I think for something that has Doctor Who's format, i.e., a, a show that can go absolutely anywhere, you know, past, future, present, to have yeah. such a tightly woven narrative through so, so sort of a diverse premise of a series like this. It's it's really really tricky thing to pull off, and I don't think he pulls it off. And I think he overpromises and he underdelivers. And I think some of the twists are a bit obvious, and it gets a bit muddy and overcomplicated. And there are a lot of problems, but I do admire the ambition because I think this was never done again. I can see yeah. why it was never done again, but I think the fact that it was tr attempted, it was really bold to do it. Yeah, I certainly had to watch The Impossible Astronaut. I, I remember watching that when it first came out quite a few times because I, I, I just didn't pick up what on earth was going on. And um, I think the break in the middle didn't help following it either, to be no, honest. Because, not at all. Because you went to the second half and you were having to remember things that you had, unless you had the 
box set of the first half, which I think would have came out before the second half aired, probably. Um, but literally, try to remember and pick things up. That's why, as I say, watching it in a one or later on was just such much more rewarding because it was, right, okay, I'm getting this now because I only watched the episode five episodes ago, like a couple hours ago, rather than eight months. Um, My biggest hindrance here is... I'm not on board with Matt Smith's Doctor. I don't like River Song, and I don't like Amy. So that's like three of my four sets of regulars, <laughs> and that's the main focus of this season. It is basically all about them. Everything else is a little bit superfluous. I mean, Amy gets uh, better by season seven, but certainly, yeah, I, I, I was totally, as I've alluded to many times, like Rory, you can do so much better, mate. Come on, <laughs> she's cheating like a mug. Um, what do, you think, and, what do you think is the worst example of that? Do you know what I think it is? It's the bit in at the end of Vampires of Venice where she goes, oh, I'm here with my boys. Like, she's like, I ain't going to choose one of you. I'm yeah, sorry, there's, for there's all of that, but it's more... She wanted to shag the doctor at the end of Bleeding Flesh and Stone. Hey, please don't bring that up, all right? You're going to have a rant at the end of this episode as it is. You don't need two <laughs> rants in one episode. It's just, oh, my it's God. Like, isn't it? And he's And he's... Marrying her? I mean, ugh. oh god, we love Rory, but he's he's he, she's twisted him around her little finger. I'm sorry, but um, that's why in this story, like when Jane, whether it's because she's went a bit loopy or whether she genuinely has feelings or any sort of you know, I suspect it isn't any affection because she goes absolutely mad in this episode. <laughs> But it's actually quite good to see Amy getting a taste of her own medicine and she does not like whatsoever when Rory's going off to cuddle her and help her out and it's not getting any sympathy. Matt Smith, season 7B, as I said, I just, uh, just no, I don't know what they were doing. Um, I think he, I still think he's pretty good in this, this story. I, I, he's, he's not my favourite Doctor, but... I don't, think, I don't think anyone gets a chance to sparkle in this. I think they're all written kind of dour and serious. And and like I think Amy and the Doctor and Rory at their best. You know that scene in A Good Man Goes to War? Now, I, just, I think they all think it's a load of bollocks, A Good Man's War. But there's <laughs> one scene in it where they all come together, where they, they find her with the baby. And they all come yes. together. And it's hilarious and heartwarming and beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely. It, and, and you can feel the chemistry between the there's none of that here. It's just absent. Bye, but they're they're in a <laughs> sticky castle here, Joe. Getting we're gangers. Everyone's all serious here. It's it's you know they're oh no, boring. Oh, no. There, there isn't much opportunity to. That's <laughs> that's not boring. It's just it's there's not much opportunity for these affectionate sort of moments. Is what I'm getting at. And like, there must there must be a Doctor Who story that you think is boring. Oh, Doctor Who, I think I'm a Sleep boring. no more? Um, yeah, nothing much happens in Sleep No More, really. Sorry, Joe. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Joe. I mean, Joe, who's obviously... Yeah, Joe, Joe Short. Yeah, yeah, Joe Short, who's he's put her name forward to do that one. Um, oh, boring Doctor Who. Um, oh God, my mind's went blank, but... Um, do- certainly Doctor Who's worst when it, just nothing's happening. I don't think there's nothing happening here because there's stuff going on. There's, you know, there's a race against time in this one. There's stuff going on, it just ain't very nice to watch. 
a boring Doctor Who. Before we go, can I quickly just go back to the arc very quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think uh, the fundamental problem with this arc is it's not that it's overcomplicated, which it is. It's not that it's unsatisfying, <laughs> which it is. Um, it's the fact that I think it beats Doctor Who into a shape it should never go into. I do not want to think about two companions fucking in the TARDIS. And that is where this season starts. I do not want to think about the Doctor murdering his companion. That's where this story ends. Like, and when when the rabbit hole you're diving down takes you to those places, Amy, at the end of the season, when she murders Madame Kavarian, like, and that isn't commented on, that isn't criticised. I'm like, what has this show become? Is it about fucking and killing people now? Like, uh, Stephen Moffat did overly sexualise this. I, I don't know quite what, but that, he seems obsessed with sex. Will stop that guy? He just—I don't know. He's just have a wank for God's sake! <laughs> Before you write your scripts, have a wank. Sorry, Lucy. Okay, all right. Okay, I've start, I'm done ranting. Would you like to go into a second episode? Yeah, I've, I've just thought of a boring Doctor Who though. The woman who left. Oh, it's very boring, isn't it? That nothing, literally nothing happened. Literally, they're walking around yeah. and he meets a, a lion thing and that's it. There, nothing happens. And Rufus Hound tries to inject some comedy into it, but it's just... Uh, it's... That is terrifyingly boring. And the Ears is... of Light as well. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, dreary, isn't it? And this is even more boring than those two. No. <laughs> no. I would watch this above the two any day. Any day. <laughs> We'll no way what. this is worse than you, Joe. Come on. You're, you're uh... mad if you think that. <laughs> Come on. I do. I do. I, do you know what? I don't, I don't actually think this is the worst of this season. Do you know what's the worst of this season? By far. Wedding of River Song. I think that is the nadir of the new series. I mean, it's illogical. It is. It is literally... but nothing makes sense. Jumping from one place to another without any kind of narrative running through it. I think the character beats don't run true. People behave appallingly. It's just awful. Anyway, I'm gonna stop whinging. <laughs> Let's watch the almost people. This, this is a bit. We'll watch a better episode than the Wedding of River Song. Well, oh God, do we have to? <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Do you know what's good though? Right is. Wherever we go next, it ain't ever going to be as dull as this. So whatever we do next. Oh, now I was going to do the woman who loved next. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, don't. Okay, so we've got a recap now on episode one. Yeah, so, so um, all been going would you do me a favour then? Would you do me a favour? Would you recap for the audience then, who may not have listened to our episode one? I don't know why they're coming <laughs> in episode two. As to what occurred during episode one. Well, the Doctor and his companions have landed at a... Uh, uh, castle sort of complex which is mining acid to go to the mainland and they use gangers so they use the this flesh substance that looks like well we've already went through all that to sort of make duplicates so that they can mine the acid instead of them there's a big electrical storm which means that the gangers actually become hardwired and become real people and there's been a bit of a uh, one of the, the real people killed one of the gangers and there's so there's a conflict there and then it, just to make things even madder at the end of the episode, there's a ganger doctor who's arrived as well. Hasn't he got a sexy voice, ladies and gentlemen? Honestly, I could listen to you read out a shopping <laughs> list. Oh, I thought oh, it was Mark that had the was the, the northerner with 
the, the good duck with the sexy accent. What, Mark Doddick? Yeah, well, he's yes. very sexy as well. <laughs> and as for Mark McManus, he sounds very sexy as well. I mean, honestly, the sexy voices I've got on this thing. Oh, so we've seen the doctor, he's having an argument with yourself. Sorry. Now, yeah. I, I quite like this because I, I can understand it, but I suspect that you probably hated this. Uh, wh- why was that? Why do you suspect I hated this? Because I bet you you'll see Matt Smith's like sort of gooning around, around here. Oh, I've lost you for a second. Still there? Hello? End of the title sequence. Oh, I completely lost you for a second there. You're going to have to say all that again. Oh, my internet connection is unstable. Is that, yeah. Are we still there? I lost you for about 30 seconds. You're going to have to say that entire point again. Okay. Um, well, I think, I, I'll bet you you're thinking Matt Smith's uh, gunning around and shouting and all the rest of it. But for the ganger doctor, it makes sense because he's trying to make sense of what's going on. And then he screamed into the title sequence, which is just kicked off. Well, no, actually... I'm going to disagree with you, unsurprisingly, because I do rather like this sequence. Yeah, do you remember? Oh, in, do you remember in Nightmare and Silver when Matt Smith goes up against himself, and it's some of the worst acting you've ever seen in Doctor Who when he's playing what's his name, Mister Clever. Mister Clever, yeah. Isn't it awful? Anyway, I thought these scenes he managed to differentiate the two characters quite well, and he's having a bit of fun at the beginning of this episode. It's quite, actually quite yeah. light for once. Well, that's a positive. See, you can see positive things about this story. Yeah. Well, I thought you would like this one a little bit more, but then wait they start doing <laughs> incredibly morally ambiguous things with amy in a minute okay can i just say because i remember i said in episode one i don't like rory in this because he's he's a simpleton and he's tricked i don't like yeah. amy in this because she treats what she thinks is the ganger doctor really badly yeah I, I don't when has she ever been that person where she's like oh fuck you this is my doctor here and it's obviously not that's the yeah. doctor. I agree, she's very prejudiced in this, which is, but I think that's supposed to highlight, obviously, again, the whole minorities thing. Um, and, like, it, it begs the question if there's two of you and then you, you have more affection for one than the other, what does that say about you? It doesn't, it shine, that she's it doesn't a prejudiced shine a good night on her, though, does it? it uh, and Amy, I think, is already fairly unlikable. And yeah. It doesn't shine a good light on it. But yeah, just... I love this bit, this whole, it, 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 the two doctors talking to each other, that's a lot of fun. Mm. I don't disagree. No, it's it's quite and it's quite witty. There's a little bit of wit here for once. But you know which bit I really didn't like, Dave, was the bit where um our doctor that yes. she thinks is the ganger doctor slams her quite abusively against the wall and starts screaming in her face. I'm like, Yeah, I, I was gonna to get to that. Um I yeah, it's over the top. I don't know why the doctor goes that far. I can understand maybe trying to do the pretense to kind it of, because he's trying to show her that you know don't be prejudiced, basically. But he didn't have to slam her against the wall and tell her, tell it's, her that. It's it's pretty abusive. And yes, I, I don't know. I'm going to pull anything out of a hat. Do you remember uh, Tom Baker and Lala Ward? You know, dancing about Paris, having fun together, and yeah. basking in each other's company. Well, we've come to a point now where the Doctor slams his companion against the wall and then murders her at the end of the episode. I mean, what's happened? It's kind of, if he's trying to act to be the ganger, then he's making out that the gangers went crazy, which is also bad. So I, I'm not quite... I, yeah, I, I, he goes over the top. I don't know why they didn't 
way that was put in quite it's unpleasant. I, I didn't like watching it, and especially a man throwing a woman against the wall like that. I I thought it was quite unpleasant. Yeah, so this is this is one of the scenes I was talking about where they cut they cut a bit out here. So Cleves is obviously um suffering from our you know blood clot at this point. Mm-hmm. But she goes in and by this point the ganger cleaves is when is like she cannot be bothered with all this fighting or that she just wants her quiet life. But mm-hmm. she goes into the tunnels and there's a bit that was cut out where she says that she's claustrophobic. And again, that I think that was obviously to sympathize with the character. But they cut that out. So it just seems like when I watched it, that the characters, you know, just sort of changes and becomes more pleasant as time goes on and there's no real reason. That comes back to something that Jamie Matheson said once at a convention. I went to a very small convention in um, Bryson and he said when he was writing Mummy on the Orient Express and Flatline, whenever they were overrunning, it was always the character stuff that got cut out and yeah. they the plot beats in. Well, I think in a story like this where... Again, we're talking about identity. Taking the character stuff out is a bit of a hindrance. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a mistake because, as I say, I, I, when you find out the stuff that was cut out, it, it's like, oh, God, that was good. They've made it so much better. Yeah. I, would you know what as well, though? Like, I, I think it, they've gone for overtly simplistic empathy routes. So she's got a blood clot. He's got a kid. They, they've gone for, mm-hmm. like, very simplistic... How can we make you sympathise with these yeah. people? And she's got a headache now. <laughs> yeah. I don't get me wrong. I don't think either of them are badly played. I just don't think... They, they've really got nothing to hang their performance on. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I, well, I, I, I believe... But no, I'm obviously going to disagree slightly because <laughs> I think dying that is enough to, to draw you in, quite frankly, to them. But... So they nearly cut the. I did a laugh at this bit. I'll be honest. Was uh, they, they've been smoke? They've been inhaling smoking, and they've been inhaling the, the acid, and they're absolutely fine. <laughs> they've just been going through, you know, acid in the air, and there's no effects whatsoever. They've just went into this room, and they they're all perfectly fine. Is that what they're doing in there? Are they all having a little puff on the acid? Well, before they went into this room, yeah, there was a. Uh, there was the gas. It was acid that went into a gas. Yeah, I've seen um, Jen there with, in a full makeup. Do you know what might, might have been quite nice? They haven't really got the special effects to do it at this point. Would be if, like, you know, she was like dripping and, glue, you know, sort of, you know, and, and sort of it was running a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> and had a bit of fluidity to it. Uh, what bit are you at? Because that might be at the wrong point. Well, we remember your internet dropped out. So maybe yeah. we might. We might be about 30 seconds out from each other. She's probably going to come I'm in. Just, I've got her saying there's no there's no question. She's talking about the eyes. So yeah, she's, I'm, I'm about that, that point as well. So she's crazy. She's she went absolutely crazy because we saw earlier that she's put eyes on the wall. So she's taken eyeballs from the discarded gangers and put them on a wall. This this woman has just went absolutely crazy. But that that is just a, like a creature feature moment, isn't it? Like that. <laughs> That's not to make a profound point. That is just to have no, no, but they scared the kiddies. I thought it was hilarious. Again, but there they are. She's saying, "Don't you remember?" All t- or she's talking about the gangers as real people. And Jane's and sorry, and Cleves is just. Oh, I just can't be bothered with this. Can we not just? Can I just get off this dump and just have a life, please? <laughs> you know why are you my fighting them? Um, I want to ask you a question about the special effects. Okay, <laughs> go for it. Well, no, no, no. I, again, like I said, I'm not going to be overtly critical. 
because I still think the special effects are a cut above anything you would have seen in classic Doctor Who on the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but they clearly like this season. It's overly ambitious for what they can yes. achieve. So should they have tried if the effect is going to be kind of how it turned out? Or maybe should they have cut back a little bit and just used like physical effects? I think they should have done physical effects. It, it, it was the one point, it is the one point in the story where it's like, oh my God, what the hell is that supposed to be? Um, this creature. And as I, uh, I think I said in episode one, it's the fact that she's just got this weird sort of, if you honestly look at behind the scenes on the confidential, and the actress isn't even making like scary faces. The director's got her just making weird sort of, you know, like, <laughs> like it's weird sort of faces. And it's just, I, I don't know what they were thinking really. And the CGI team, as I say, um, they, didn't get me wrong, you know, like, they, as you say, better than most classic Doctor Who, and they've done wonders, absolute wonders. But that was one time where they dropped the ball, certainly. Do you reckon Moffitt saw the rushes coming in of her to put in those strange faces and things and then said, right, get me the director's book and tore his name out. We're not using him again. Oh, it was a wrong move. That's for sure. In terms of like getting her to do. I mean, it's just I don't get it. I mean, it's supposed to be this snarling, horrible creature that's going to kill them. But she just looks like a. I don't know what it's supposed to be. <laughs> you are right. bit on Twitter, so. You know, I think that there's definitely more pace to this second episode. Yeah, because there's more in that it's now that they know that they need to get out because the gangers are going to basically explode the place. Do you know what? I uh, it is a rule of thumb that should I ever introduce somebody to Doctor Who, yeah, and I go, right, yeah. we'll, we'll watch the next one together, yeah, that the next yeah. one is always really terrible. Now, I like the Rings of Akaten, but I asked my friend Emma to come round and watch. I said, you might like Doctor Who, give it a watch. And we watched that one together. And at the end of it, she went, well, Matt Smith's very brave to act in that, isn't he? You know, like, and <laughs> my friend Alison, she watched uh, Rebel Flesh with me. And uh, she went, oh, please don't ask me to watch that again. Like, <laughs> she really... <laughs> so maybe that's, that's contributed to my uh, dislike of this. Uh, I, I must admit, I'm not a big fan of Akatan. Sorry, Luke, if you're listening. Um, I, I know that's a favourite is, but I just... No, I just... Oh, God, please don't. I just, okay, sorry. I'm so it's sorry. one of the episodes... Like, it's just one of the episodes I just didn't get. I just don't get it. It's just... Well, it's a fairy story, isn't it? It's a it's a Disney story. Yeah, but that whole leaf nonsense... And, oh. about this magical leaf that has sentimental... It's not a magical leaf. It's just a leaf she's brought out a book and said, oh, you know... Somehow you can feed on this everything in this leaf forever. I just uh, no. Now look, there's no less emotional truth in the Rings of Akaten than there is in this. <laughs> hey, we've not. Uh, no, I, I, I disagree because we're about to see the scene later on where he, he's going to contact this kid, and it's all we, we're all going to cry. So, so at the moment, are you tra- are you kidding me? That agonising <laughs> kid who pops up on the hologram. Don't you be telling me you're going to cry at that scene. You're, feel, you're feeling for him, though. You're feeling for him. Forget the kids. You're feeling for him. I'll tell you when I felt for him is when the doctor takes him to go and see the kids on the beach. It's this really quick scene on a beach. And I think it's supposed to be this idyllic beach where they have this yeah. reunion. And they've chosen the wettest day in Wales you've ever seen. And the wind is literally blowing them in the face. 
It looks miserable. Yeah, so this is where Jamie... I the rest of this. Jamie? Doctor? What, God, what am I saying now on this? I'm not Who's sure. <laughs> anyway, go on. So this is the bit that you were talking about with Amy being very, very prejudiced, thinking that, oh, yeah. oh you're my doctor, so I think you're a nice guy, but the gang over there, he's weird, I'm just going to, I, I don't like him. I, there's only one doctor. And that's, yeah, that's, this made me feel very uncomfortable. Oh, and there's Madame Kavarian. Oh, sorry, you might not be there yet because I might be a little ahead. But she's about to pop her head oh, out the wall. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm slightly behind. But yeah, that, yeah, that, that whole thing. I mean, the thing that one of the most terrifying things in uh, season six, full stop, is the end of this episode when you see Francis Barber's face going push. I mean, God Almighty, but it's it's hor- And again, I'm sorry if if we are going to beat a season of Doctor Who into the shape where the companion is stuck in a tube being forced into labour. I mean, yeah. what is going on, Dave? It's just Can't blame this horrible. Story for it's horrible. <laughs> That's my excuse. It's just, I just don't want to watch that in Doctor Who. And I, do you know what? I've, I'm wondering if those sort of real life things, it just doesn't connect with that sort of mad, wacky, quirky world of Doctor Who. I, just, I wonder... Mind you, I don't know. I could be talking bollocks because I think Rosa is sublime and that tackles yes. racism head on in a very similar Yeah, that's a great episode. So maybe it's just the approach here. I'm not sure. Oh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm at the scene now where like, she's confronting who she thinks is the ganger doctor mm. and saying, oh, I'm sorry to have hurt your feelings, but it's just the way it is. You're not the doctor, so deal with it. And then he just... Yeah, he knows, I, I, doesn't he? He knows she's a ganger at this point. I think that might be another reason why he shoves her against the wall. Look at that. Well, God. I think he's figured it out. I mean, he certainly knows that something's up because as we find out, he's been, he's known from the Katarda scanner that obviously it's human, not human. And he knows it's up. And then we find out that he's traced a signal of where the flesh came from to this place. So he's now seen the flesh. So he's probably put two and two together, yes. Well, he knows by the end of the episode, doesn't he? He knows by the end of the episode. And so, yeah, so... It so makes I, it, yeah. I wonder if something clever could be done here as well with him knowing she's a ganger, her thinking he's a ganger, but I just don't think this is intelligently written enough to make those points. It's just very, very ambiguous. Yeah, I mean, it just comes across as that the doctors went a bit scary and it just, it, it, yeah. It, I, I, there was no reason for him to do that. Absolutely no reason at all. So all you've got is the ganger Amy being really, really angry, being, oh my God, your ganger is an absolute madman. It's But you know, like um at the end of this, you know, he's pissed, isn't he? Like he he kills the ganger. Yes. And then we'll come to that. <laughs> we will definitely come to that. But he kills he kills the ganger and then he goes off into a good man goes to war. And suddenly he's this terrifying figure uh, who everyone's like oh my god the doctor's coming the doctor's coming like when did we ever get there where the doctor is this terrifying figure that everybody fears yeah i i don't agree with that either i mean i, I agree with um <laughs> well when we get to that scene at the end i'll see what my thoughts are on it but i don't like in a good man goes to war again it's another great episode in terms of entertainment but i don't like the way that as you say the doctor's not a, like a a war chief that everyone should be afraid of at all. He's supposed to be this guy who goes, who's, who goes in a or woman or they that goes in a box and is having adventures. It's not supposed to be that they're all everyone's afraid of him. 
it used to be the doctor would turn up and that's your solution. That's that's yes. a happy ending. In A Good Man Goes to War, he turns up like in, in a silhouette at Dorian Maldivar's bar and he's absolutely terrified. He's like, no, you've come for me. Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, I, I, I don't understand what he was doing with that because as you say, the doctor's not... Yeah, I, I don't know what, why but he was then, going to do that. And then that's what started on his name. That whole thing about Doctor Who oh, question mark. Oh, God, that just Jesus that that's one thing in this era I despise, and I'll agree with you on that one. I don't Doctor know what this Who <laughs> But do you know like he does it again? Do you remember when Clara died in Face the Raven? And suddenly yes. Peter Capaldi is this vengeful man. He goes to Gallifrey, I'm gonna bring down the present, everybody. I'm gonna tear down the time vortex to bring back Clara. And I'm like when did the show become this? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree with that version of the Doctor at all. I'm, I'm with you on that. And then, fortunately, in this episode, we're not doing that. He's just the Doctor. But well, I was going to say that, and then Jodie Whittaker came along, right? And I really want to yeah. say something positive about it because then she came along, and she was just so fucking cheerful and full of hope and light and yes. tolerance, and you know, space for all, as as she says. And it was so refreshing to just shirk off all of that bloody man pain that we go through mm-hmm. with Tennant, Smith, Eccleston and Capaldi. And just like this ray of sunshine. I agree. Um, I wasn't really too sure about um, when she first came along in terms of... It felt very... I felt like it would have been like what season 24 would have felt like back in the old series and that it seemed so radically different yeah. in tone that it was, oh, I'm not sure about this, but... It got better as it went along. I, 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 I like Jodie's the doctor. She went oh, out. That's so is... high, didn't she? Sorry, I'm going completely. Oh, sorry, I, I know. <laughs> no, 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 at all. I just, I just, we're missing the the big fight here between the, the two Jennifers. Oh, it's pretty well executed. I thought this was, that fight was pretty well done. Uh, it's pretty well choreographed, I think, which is not always the case. In doctor then Reed. we cut to uh, turning into that sort of cummy puddle and. Yeah. Yeah, but that's again. It's scary for the kids, Joe. This is this. This tell. I'm telling you, I, I would have been freaked out by this story if I'd been grown up watching this. This is fully imagery, which is really, really. Maybe, maybe yeah, but then maybe I'm not the audience <laughs> for, this, for this type of story. No, no, but, but like I find now, I am more frightened by like inferences. Like when I watched Case of Andrzejewski with Mark Doddick. And there was uh-huh. all of these sort of very perverse advances on Perry. I found that really frightening to watch because Nicola Bryant played it so well. Oh, yeah, I, I do as well. I, when I watch it, I, it was actually, I think you did a podcast with, with Jack on it. And I hadn't seen Case on Zani for a couple of years. And I went and watched it after I listened to it. And I thought, oh, my God, I've never really... It's really I've seen it, it? but I, I thought about it a lot more, you know. And how she plays it and how, and how real yes. she plays it. Whereas this is all a bit a bit campy and a bit comical and a bit daft. So this doesn't really scare me. It's just, it's just people melting, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, but it's, it's Doctor Who, come on, you've got to love these spooky moments like that. It's surely. What I would like is just for one pretty image, just one. And I will say uh, a good man goes to war does go on to deliver that because that's got some lovely imagery in it. Yeah, but it's it's not got as good a characterization of the doctor. Oh, no. 
So Rory here again is uh is you know fell for her in terms of she's he's she's made you a mug, Rory. Sorry. Yeah. To be fair is. though, if I'm being honest, if I'd been in that situation, I'd like to think I'm no a nasty guy. I would like to think that probably I'd be fooled by her as well to an extent. But come on. Just, you just you just want to go, Jen, you are weird. Leave me alone. <laughs> Stop going on about willy boots. <laughs> I mean, for, he's, he, she's used his handprint to get into the the sequence and all that, and it's just like, Rory, think about it. Yeah. Well, no, and then he even goes, doesn't he? You tricked me. Foiled <laughs> <Yes. laughs> again. My my goodness has come against me. I do like this uh, again, though, where the cleaves sort of like yeah, she's I trying do. to second guess what her password would be, and uh, I, I, I think her character gets better as it goes along. At the start, she's a bit sort of one note a wee bit, but I think I, I quite like her in, in the ganger version there because she realizes that I can't be bothered with. This. I just like this whole attitude of just come on, can I just go? I just Dave. I didn't want to be in this story. I just want to go. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I, I think she does get better as she goes along. I think the performance gets better. I think she's written better as it goes along. And actually, she's the one person I sort of felt something for by the end. So the fact that she's the one that goes off to, you know, claim ganger rights, I was like, yeah, that's the right character to do this. Yeah, Had it I been Jin, imagine right. if it had been Jin. I'm like, oh, God, no. Don't let her go in there. Nah, she's, she's too far gone. She's, she, the, the, the storm's totally just... Completely made her absolutely mental. I don't mean, in fact, I'll take that back. That's not the right term to use, but she's completely like insane. Um, I don't even remember what happens to her in the end of this. And I only watched it this morning. What to Cleves? Yeah, no, to Jen. Jen, she's that horrible creature that gets, and the, the place blows up. Oh, they, oh, it's an old classic Doctor Who ending. Yeah, the, 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 we'll see the gangers that are left, you know, turn to, to gloop, and then the inference is that the place blows up. Is the, is the inference I got? I would like to know why the password is bad boy. <laughs> Stephen Muffet. Uh, oh, of course, of course. He's, you can feel his mucky fingerprints all over this. Can't you? <laughs> you might have Matthew Graham on it, but no. We've got the Doctor murdering. We've got weird, perverse things occurring. I just do you, with the Amy Rory relationship. Yeah, I think you and I are, and I've heard sort of alternative suggestions that like Amy chooses Rory um, at the end of Vampires of Venice, and from that point on, like there's no hint. And I don't agree with that. No, I don't. But and I think you're sort of sympathetic with what I think in that she kind of yeah. strings him along quite a bit <laughs> and treats him terribly. I do think come seven a, it's actually it's in Angels Take Manhattan when they're standing atop the Empire State Building. That's the point where she chooses him, where she says, "I'm going to jump off this building with you and die because I can't bear to be without you." Yeah, I agree because it, it's. I mean, that whole thing about his divorce before the Simon Daleks. Don't know what that was all about, but um, <laughs> certainly, what was that all about? But season seven A is certainly Amy realizing. By the way, I've got a good young here, and I'm, I'm, I need to, I need to keep them. It's, you know, um, oh, we've just seen all the gang, the horrible gangers that are being discarded in just a dump, um, and that's a ghoulish idea as well. Just the fact that they've just been left on this, they've basically been left on a slag heap. 
it, 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 you're right it is that's a kind of a that is a frightening idea but you know what i think that was probably done better in terror of Vervoids, you know when they shoved all the people on the compost heap <laughs> do you remember that it goes we are yeah. doing splendidly yeah <laughs> he's a very excitable vervoid yes yeah he was any other um we're not going into what they look like that's well, Jesus Christ, I can no. genuinely say when I first saw that on the Bear Boys, uh, I never clicked what it was supposed to look at, but I was a kid at the time when I first saw it. I thought, what's what I'm talking about? And then you realise when you obviously hit that age, ah, now I understand what it's no. Sometimes I feel like Doctor Who's custom made for this podcast, you know, with my filthy mind. Yeah. I mean, oh, you, and me, again. you and me, we did Creature from the Pit, for God's sakes. Oh, God, we had Wolf Weeds and everything in that. Can I say though, right? Do you remember? Um, do you remember when the the eye came out of the spaceship in uh, fire, uh, Girl in the fireplace? Girl in the fireplace, yeah. Yeah, and he said something's cooking. Do you remember? Yeah, that was way scarier than this. Just that one line was scarier. Mm. And oh my god, I'm gonna do it again. Yeah, do, you those, yes. do you remember those hands that came out of the walls in Village of the Angels? Yes, yes. That was fucking chilling. I thought you were going to see the hands that came out the wall in Terminus uh, having a fondly Janet Fielding. Oh but, uh, <laughs> that bit in, do you know what? That bit in Power of the Doctor, right, where the Sideman burst through the wall and grabbed old Tegan like that around the waist. Yeah, that was, that was a, that was a God. oh my that, God moment. That was a Terminus moment, that was. Yes. Oh no. The two villains are obviously just interested in Tegan's breast. That's obviously. <laughs> See, this is where I feel they're being a bit ambitious because they've got all the gloopy people on the sort of slag heap. And then you've yeah. got Jen's enormous elongated mouth. Now, I like this effect. I think that was a really scary effect. I like that. What, the mouth? Yeah. Mm. Imagine the head she could give with that mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you know, that's what. No, sort of... I... Oh, sort of, sorry. I was going to say she's either ate them or something, but she's I swallowed them or something. I don't know. I mean, I saw these magazines once, you know, Monster Cox. I mean, she could have a go at that, couldn't she? With that, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. We've got to find uh, enjoyment go... in this somehow, haven't we? <laughs> she might have some gag reflex, yes. <laughs> you, oh, what's happened to you, honestly? <laughs> It's your bad influence. Yeah, do you know what? It's, you know, Fraser Gregory started doing it as well, you know. Stop it. No, no. No, he's, <laughs> he's the one. He's the one that leads us all on now. Honestly, he loves it. Right, so, now, so now we've got just, to, I mean, to try and, um, like, if you're a kid and that, try to, in fact, as an adult, try to figure out who's who. So this is the gangers are now mm -hmm. with the real doctor thinking it's the ganger doctor. Right. Do you know, I feel like I feel like I feel like we've been in and out of this acid room about fifteen times in the last hour and a half. Yeah, but they've got to show off the they've got to show off the acid. They've, they went there all that. The dark teams went to the effort of building this. So they did to show off. Work out. Okay. Well, I've got another question for you then. Yeah. Do you think this deserves two episodes? Oh. Um. Yeah, because it's uh, if you if you try to cram this into one episode, then if, literally just the premise of doppelgangers, you'd be completely like, what's going on here? 
you could simplify this though and you could probably tell a very kind of smart character tale in a single episode without all this bloody cgi bollocks and and you know turning them all into villains and things like that and just telling a good smart story about doppelgangers trying to get their rights i think i think that would be a much better episode i think you need two for this personally but i do understand people that would think that there's better can in the season that there was probably better candidates of the two episodes slot well, the thing is, is like in the next story, yeah, we go to about 900 locations, literally in the first yeah. 10 minutes of A Good Man Goes to War, we take a whirlwind trip of the galaxy. Whereas in this one, we spend 90 minutes going in and out of the same room. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't card the castle. It's, it's Moffat. He's greedy. He wants to eat up all the budget. So he's got none left for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm being cheeky. No, it's, it's, it's fine. I'm just disagreeing as, as. Oh, here he goes. You tricked me, Dave. Yeah. You tricked me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Honest to God. If I'm ever trying to fall. Yeah, I've just seen it now. You tricked me. Yeah. If I'm ever going to try and fall someone in the future, I'm just going to go on about willy boots and be like, see if it works. See, now she's totally, totally, totally no way back whatsoever. She's got the, she's got the typical evil uh, smile, the. You know, the stereotypical, she's waiting to feel like... <laughs> you're a little bit behind me, but she just does a massive arm exaggeration of like, you're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's went into cliche territory at this right. point. Yeah, annoying, isn't she? I, I think there's worse villains. That's what balance is. I'm not gonna lie, I'm having so much fun with this. <laughs> but now they're trying to close the acid, aren't they? They're, yeah, and so we're about to see Mark Bonner is going to, um, well, the real one's going to uh, meet his maker, I'm afraid. I think you just said Bonner then, you know. <laughs> see, that's you again. Yeah. That's... yeah. Oh, he gets acid in the chest, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a horrible death. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. And then the gang is like, oh, well, I've got to go and talk to the kid then, haven't I? Sorry, it's not quite. Yeah, so the gang, are, so he has a good story because the gang are, because he's got, takes over basically being the real one. Because, well, he is the real one. But he steps in and as the dad. Put the, as I say, put the kid to one side. But I think that's a really good scene that's coming up. Don't you tell me to put the kid to one side, all right? He's on the screen right now. Where did they get this kid from? Well, to be fair, at least they warned us earlier in the episode. He did say, it's my kid's birthday tonight. And, you know, he does a, he'll do a weird, funny dance. He did warn us that he was going to do this. Oh, dear God. I was watching, you know, I, it was about up past five in the morning at this point. When I got to this point, I was like, oh, I've got to get ready for work in a minute. And thank God, because I can't watch this bloody kid anymore. <laughs> oh, dear. What is the obsession with children in this era? It's a weird, annoying thing, isn't it? I think it's because Matt Smith is so good with kids, quite frankly. I think he thinks, oh, he was really good with Amy, so I think I'll bring more kids in again, 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 because I know that he'll work well with them. I think that's exactly what he did. Can you think of any, apart from in the 11th hour, where the kid isn't, like, really fucking annoying? <laughs> um, that is a good question. Um, I don't think you can, you know. I, yet, not off the top of my head. You skip over to the Sarah Jane Adventures where there's a ton of kids in there and they're all amazing to hang out with. So I well, don't understand. 
Well, Matt Smith's in that as well. What's that? The Death of the Doctor. He's with the kids oh, in the Adventures. So you've got the amazing kids from that and him. Perfect. So He does work well with kids. Certainly from his... He works off kids well, but yeah, he doesn't... They don't get the best actors in, unfortunately. Oh, it's very baffling, isn't it? And the bar was high with, let's be honest, with young Amy. Do you know what I call them, Dave? Yeah, I know. You call them the, the, the brood of... The brood of the damned. The brood of the damned, yeah. yeah. You know those kids that come out in that film, Village of the Damned, they've all got glowing eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can imagine all the Moffat kids coming out. Oh, you will <laughs> love us. You will sympathise with us. Love conquers all, you know. And P- Capaldi thought probably, oh, I didn't have to do this. And then the kids pop up in, in the forest of the night. So. Oh, bless him. I think, I and, think and, after that, didn't he? And her from um, Courtney in Kill the Moon. Oh, yeah. Just to no. deal with her as well. But do you remember there was those couple of kids in Thin Ice? And they were pretty good. Ah, they were good. Admittedly, yeah. one of them dies, probably just before they could be annoying, you know? <laughs> so now uh, we've got the gangers uh, take... So our real Mark Bonner <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> is uh, but I like... This is a nice we've seen this, because he says, look, you're going to have to be a dad for him now. You're going to have to step up to the plate here. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Well, I'm glad, I like Mark Bonner in this. I'm glad you like <laughs> Yeah, I like Mark Bonner in this. I think he does it. Him and Rachel, uh, Raquel Casti do pretty good. Uh, it's the other two, I admit, are completely like, I, I mean, have we seen them? But <laughs> they have nothing they, right to do. I, I, I don't disagree with you that the performances are good because they're really good actors. I mean, he plays, you know, when he plays the 11, I don't like, I don't really like the character, but he plays it well. Like, he's a yeah. good actor. I just don't like the fact, you know what? I don't like it when. I, uh, I feel like I'm being manipulated to feel something. I like it right. to happen. I feel like Rusty Davis had that kind of effortless way of making you feel stuff. Mm-hmm. Dragging in this kid twisting his clothes and having agonising close-ups of his dad dying, well, that's that's a bit much. Mm, it's... Yeah, it, well, it's... It's, 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 it's a matter home. of taste. It, hit, it, hit, it hits home his role in what he has to do. Um, I'd be interested, like, Matthew Graham wrote Life on Mars, didn't he? And I've, I've never seen Life on Mars. Oh, that, well, it had a great reception, though, didn't it, Life on Mars? Yeah, with John Simenko. I'd love, I, I wonder if the characters in that are like what you think they are here. That'd be interesting. Go and watch Life on Mars as a port back, Joe. Um, oh, no, I've seen, I've seen series one of Life on Mars. And is that, is, what's about characters in that? Are they... No, no, he, he writes drama far better than he writes science fiction. Mm. And interestingly, the characterization in that is really strong. Quite nuanced. <laughs> what's going on now? I've lost the plot. Oh, Matt Smith's adorable at the back. He's, he's just oh, like, no. Hey. Oh, no, here we go. Here we go. Oh, God. I know I'm a bit impressed. Right. You. It's coming to it's coming near the climax. Um Hi. so the alarm sounded, it's all kicking off. Okay. Oh yeah, oh god. Okay. Great elongated okay. CGI grotesque creature. Oh my god. I'm gonna do a Nathan Bottomley here. What shit is this? Um <laughs> oh, go and have a run. This is, oh. It's fun. I I, I I I how can I defend this? Um I'm they done bit they done they done the same thing but better with the Lazarus creature. There you go. Just to give well, the you know 
Remember the Lazarus creature? He put his mouth sort of segmented and came down and that. Yes. Oh, I like that a lot. This thing. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on here, really. I mean, I keep yeah, saying that a lot, don't I? About this story, about this season, <laughs> about this doctor. I don't know what's happening, really. Well, I like the camera shot. I like this camera shot being on the side and all that. But, oh, my God, please. No. What's this? Oh, and uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Sir. The TARDIS just happens to fall through the floor when they need it. Oh, good grief. Ah, oh, well, they've, they've got to get... It's... Doctor Who does that all the time. Um, 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 it's... I know, but it just further compounds this to the knacker's yard for me. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, it's okay. all kicking off. And so I'm going to try and say something positive now, because you know what? We're heading towards that final scene, and I'm really yeah. going to go from one then. So let's yeah, just... Yeah, we might have a debate about that. Do you know what's been pretty good? I don't say it's dreary, but it is well lit. This, like, it is atmospheric. Oh yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's really spooky. That's, it's spooky. It's it's frightening. It's not. It's certainly you would not want to be in this place at the dark of night, kicking about in there. I mean, think about it for them. This on that island. I know. So I'm here's not... here's the, the that's so fucking miserable, Dave. Honestly. So Amy's basically getting told some home truths here. Wait a minute, you know, actually. I'm the real doctor, and you've been a complete bitch. Okay, now can we talk about that for a second? Because yeah, yeah. I feel as if <laughs> Amy was put through the ringer here for no other reason than to provide this twist. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like the doctor was trying to teach her a lesson. So he's like, well, you actually don't know who's who, so don't treat people badly. Is that the point? Yes. Well, it's, I think he was... Well, but now he's made her see because now she's cuddling the, the gang of doctors and she's like, Ay, what the hell was I thinking? Um, but yeah, I don't agree with uh, Summer Against the Wall, but the doctor was, I think... The doctor, as Sylvester McCoy used to put it, tries to, you know, what is it he said to Ace in Power of the Doctor? I was teaching you good lessons. <laughs> I'm struggling here. I'm, I'm clutching at straws. I, know I was doing it. it in a very perverse way, but... <laughs> I mean, he is weird. Do you remember when he was going in and seeing Clara as a little girl? I mean, he's a bit bizarre, Matt Smith's doctor. Well, but, but with that, he was trying to find out what on earth is this girl about? Is there something special about her? Does something happen to her when she's little? Oh, oh we gave um, Cleves a little kiss on the head there. I like that bit. There you go. Yeah, I've just got, I've just got that now. But So they're, they're sacrificing themselves. And mm. literally do, because he, he does the... Sonic screwdriver and the gold gloop. I don't know if you noticed there, but um, his head was over the ER of danger and it just said, dang. Yeah, I've got that just <laughs> Yeah, that's how I felt watching it, you know. But that makes sense because it's like, right, we're going to get killed by this gen creature or we could just uh, basically go to gloop ourselves now. Let's just go to gloop because we can't. Oh, in fact, what happens is uh, they put her to gloop first. So, Amy, yeah? Yeah. Amy has been a ganger throughout the entirety of Curse of the Black Spot and the Doctor's Wife. Yeah? Yes. Right. So it is our Amy experiencing all of this? Because it's never really made very clear. I believe she is, but this is where the controversy, I know there's very controversial about Doctor is about to turn, is about to be really, really cold and go Right, step away from a Rory and turn her to Gloop. And 
we've just had the story, obviously, where he's been talking about ganger uh, sort of rights and all the rest of it. The way he I read it, though, he literally takes them to the courthouse to do their rights, and in the next scene, murders one of them. Yeah, but I, I, well, I, I'm I know that Twitter's going to say to me, "You're talking, you're bum deaf." But <clears> the way I've read it is that those. Ganger, the gangers that we saw get electrified here are hardwired gangers, right? So they are they have become real people. Whereas Amy, like all the other gangers that were in that castle and all across the universe and everything, aren't hardwired gangers. So from his perspective, he's went, look, this isn't the real Amy. My real Amy is somewhere else, and you're sort of, and that's why he does the gloop. Hang on, hang on. So are you telling me then that some of these gangers that are now going to have rights, some of them are disposable? Well, well, I think what the gangers, right, what they're going to do is make all the gangers hardwired. Now, look, Adolf Hitler thought that way. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's Uh, the way I'm reading it. I'm reading it that the doctor's like, well, she's not a hardwired ganger. And yeah, the gangers need right, but she's not a hardwired ganger. So... You're not the real Amy. I'll, I'll get the real one. So sorry, you need to, you need to go to Gloop because she's not hardwired. Once they're hardwired, that's different because they become. Uh, yeah, this, two, this is two, where I'll get accused of being Hitler. Yes, you're right. I have two <laughs> objections to this scene. Okay, and th- and I think this is one of the most hideous scenes in the show. My first objection is she thinks she's Amy. Yeah, when he kills her, she thinks she is Amy. Well, effectively, he is killing his companion. But he knows he's not because the real she he knows the real him, someone else. No, she says to him, I am really, really scared. And then yes, he just because the ganger, and shoots her. Yeah, but the, it's because the ganger Amy truly believes she is Amy, but she's not hardwired. So she's a... at the moment of her death, she thinks she is Amy Pond, the doctor's companion. And the but other thing like, I really hate about it is he says to Rory. It's like having a robot, Amy. It's like having an auto, Amy. It's, it's... Step, step back from your wife. I'm going to kill her. Like, you can't intervene. I am going to do this. No, no, no. He's trying, he's, trying, he, he's trying to make it less hard for him. He's trying to say, right, okay, right. She's not the real Amy. She's a ganger who isn't hardwired. So she, she's, we need to, to, and to connect to the real Amy, he has to, he has to deactivate her anyway. But it, it's still him committing murder. But it's not the real Amy. But it's still murder. But, well, was it murder when... It's been estab- when... They've been established as people. Ah, but when they're hardwired. I, I, I don't buy that distinction. They've literally just said that these are people. She is a person, and she is a person no more. That is murder. The Doctor is committing murder in the TARDIS, in front of her husband. It's just horrible. It's really horrible. And the one, the one, the one bit that, I, that doesn't get explained is he turns her to gloop and she goes completely to gloop here, like just I'm assuming he puts her in a bucket and she's disposed of. But the ones in the castle that are discarded gangers have got faces, and it, it was told to us, by the way, um, you know, like they still remember things or something. So I don't know how. So I'm kind of going against one argument now, but. And, you, and then Francis Barber turns up, and that's the most horrifying bit of all. And that's even it's even more horrible. Her because Amy is, is in a, 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 
and and you know what we said about Nicola Bryan earlier. Karen Gillan is as good an actress, and she plays that fear and that panic yeah. so well. And you know what? I remember when this ended, and I went, I don't like this show anymore. I do not like. I don't like what this show is doing. And it's, it's, a, it's a bleak episode. It's a bleak story. It's not a jolly. You're going to come into this and laugh a minute story. It's not that at all. If you if it was like if it was every week, then it God, you know, I think we'd all be like looking for another show to watch. But but can I, I can I offer an alternative? Can I offer an alternative? Because yeah. I feel like an alternative is is that the gang at Amy is allowed to exist rather than being killed alongside Amy. Not together, they wouldn't live the same life, but just say, right, fine, what do you want to do with your life? I'll take, instead of just killing her, instead of just going, right, let's just get rid of her and then we'll go and find our Amy. I just think there is a distinction between the hardwired thing. He's the doctor, though. There's a better way than killing people. What would have happened though, I'm pretty sure when they went to um Demon's Run, if they went with the ganger Amy, I'm pretty sure Kavarian would have just would have killed the ganger Amy. And would have, I would have less of an issue of that than the doctor doing it in the TARDIS. I don't know. I, I, okay, all right. I we're just no, think we're that not gonna agree it's not on the real story. Amy. She's not her wife, so it's not the real Amy. So he's trying to be kind to Rory and say, right, let's find the real Amy. But by the way, there's a uh, it's, I, I just think when there's an individual in front of you saying, oh, I'm very scared, and then you go, well, you're dead. <laughs> that, that's not a very nice thing to do, whether you're hardwired or not. That's not, a, that's not a doctorly thing to do. The doctor's better than that. Oh, I don't know. Hey, look, we knew we were going to get here, right? I mean, <laughs> oh, you, you went away for a second, but, but you came back. Oh, sorry. Um, we, knew, we knew we were going to get to this point. I don't think we're going to agree on it. Um, no, we're now in an advantageous position for you and okay. a disadvantageous position for me of choosing three reasons a piece to recommend the rebel flesh and the also people. <laughs> One a piece, start with you. Uh, the atmosphere. Uh, I think uh, having it set in the in the castle with the gloominess and the dark shadows and all the rest of it. This is an atmospheric Doctor Who. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I thought it was going to be yours. The character of Cleves, who uh, we established, uh, improves as she goes along. And actually, I think I've decided I do quite like the performance. As understated as it is, I do quite like the performance. Mark Bonner. I, I, I like his character in this, where, where he has to... Um, he's like, at the start, What what's happening here? What... And the two, him and his gang are, haven't got this sort of, you know, like clash like the others seem to have. He, they, they're like, what are we going to do, mate? Um, and then, of course, he dies and the ganger, you know, takes on his role and he talks. I, I, quite, I wish he had more to do, but I quite like his performance. Uh, I'm going to say the sort of 10 minutes of fun that occurs at the beginning of episode two between Matt Smith and Matt Smith. Turns out he acts better against himself than anyone else. Yes. Back to you. Oh, (laughs) I forgot. Um, Believe it or not, I think Matthew Graham needs a bit of credit here because 
I, I wasn't a big fan of um, Fear Her. In fact, I, it was too understated for me. It was just, it was very forgettable. And it was, it was very fuller sort of episode. But Stephen Moffat said, look, this is going to be a key two-parter for this season. And it's going to introduce a lot of things. And I think he delivers a much better story. But there'll be some that agree, disagree with me, including yourself. I think it's better than Fear Her. And I am going to say, and this might sound contradictory, but the ending where the Doctor kills Ganger Amy and where Amy wakes up about to pop in the tube, yeah. I don't like any of it. In fact, I hate it, but it is pushing boundaries. And yeah. I admire the show for pushing boundaries, even if it's something I really loathe. <laughs> That's fair enough. Is that a half-hearted compliment? Um, uh, kind of. Now, hey. have we got time to find out what our fellow hamsters thought? Yes, go on, go on. Because we had a couple of comments. So Jason Thompson said, uh, I agree about this episode, these episodes. A great central premise. At what point do these duplicates get to be considered actual people? And does the fact that they are copies of other people make a difference? But so many other silly bits in it undermine it to the point of rendering it one of the worst in the run. Oh. Mining acid is a nonsensical setup, especially as it seems to dissolve only that required by the plot. The silly monster head waving around on a long neck is laughable. Nobody tries to think that nobody thinks to try CPR on a guy that's just been electrocuted. And that was a good point. I never thought of that. Um, but Who was that? Sorry? Who was that? Jason Thompson. But there's more. Oh. Worst of all is the fact that the cliffhanger involves the doctor ignoring the thing he's been fighting for the whole thing. Flesh duplicates are people with rights and individuality. Oh, except this one that copied Amy, which I'll just zap into goo without a qualm. Honestly, I've always said he was a man of great distinction, Jason Thompson. Yeah, I'd say I've, I've tried to put a spin on why I think that, uh, but I've sort of dug myself in a hole with it. But I think the whole, you know, hardwire thing might make oh, well, I'll just give up. Oh, well, I was talking to Fraser Gregory earlier, and I think he's kind of on the same page as you. And oh, see what he said. I told him he was mad as well, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with Jason in terms of the um, like there should have been more acid in it. I mean, it was there, but well, like I say, they inhaled it at one point and they didn't. There was no effect. Mm. You know, um, they just went, "Oh, we're breathing it in." Oh, cough, cough. Um, the silly monster head on a long neck. Um, as I say, she's she's gone mad and she's trying to. She's doesn't know what's going on. She can elongate her body. She's trying to be... Well, I just you are brave, I'll tell you what, to give that a... <laughs> really... yeah, let's move on. Uh, Jim Allenby. Uh, oh, I haven't watched... Jim. Yeah. yeah, dear Jim. Uh, I haven't watched it for ages, but I remember really enjoying it at the time. Great makeup, yep. Creepy scenes, yep. And some disturbing ideas, also yes. Love the music too. I need a rewatch of this. So, well, I'll tell you what, he was full of intelligence and charisma in Utopia. I don't know what happened with that tweet, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love you, Jim, really. Daniel Knight, um, oh. I haven't seen it in a while, 
But I remember thinking it wasn't as good as it could be. Great guest cast, but it seemed muddled. And after the theme of the gangers having rights, the doctor dissolving the Amy one seemed in poor taste. Mm. My eldest has just called his two-year-old brother a ganger because he's crying and pulling a funny face. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I know that the, the ending is very controversial. I, I think we both know that as we've discussed mm. it later. Um, Professor Stephen Hawkwind writes, The 11th Doctor, you look shocked there, Joe. Yeah, sorry, I thought you said Stephen Hawking. No, Stephen Hawkwind. Oh, okay. I'll see what he's doing now. Go on. Uh, he, like, he writes good tweets. Um, but he's just said here, the 11th Doctor goes peak 7th Doctor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I agree. He's just as unlikable. <laughs> Come on, let's not have a go at dear song now. I've confessed my love for Sylvester McCoy now. I've, thought, I've got a complete 180. Not Matt Smith, but Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> um, What's, he, what's Fraser calling himself now? Parody Gregory, champion of the damned. Okay, but he changes his name every two minutes. Honestly. Dear Fraser, haven't seen it in a while, but it doesn't provoke the response in me that it does in others. It's got some good themes that it deals with well, and it's well realised and acted. It doesn't exactly dazzle anywhere, but it's by no means shit. <laughs> As you read earlier. Oh, he loves courting controversy, that one. Honestly. <laughs> Anyone else? Uh, oh, I've went. Sorry, I've went to the. Let's see. Stephen Alexander. Oh yes, go on. Let's see what he's got to say. Uh, underrated. No, Steve. Yes. No. Yes, it's a solid bit of sci-fi fluff with some good twists. Agreed. The flesh design is weird without being too gross. Agreed. Characterization would be stronger, but there's nothing bad about it. Fluff. What is fluffy about this thing? <laughs> Okay. Well, okay. Anyone Gavin. Else? Oh, sorry. Gavin. Yeah, go on. Gavin at Gavin WI79234383. Don't know if you know Gavin. Is that Gavin who puts on the fabulous pictures of his muscles on Twitter? Yes. yes. Oh, I'll tell you what. Is it? Honestly, they're getting massive, aren't they? Gavin, they're getting massive. Well done. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, we love pastor. your muscles. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> Good cast in it and a terrific cliffhanger to the almost people. Splat. Not rewatched in a while, but enjoyed an original transmission. I thought you said two thirds didn't like it. This sounds like they all love it. I maybe I'm I'm maybe I completely uh, misrepresented. I'm sorry, guys. I never I um, never said that the ham fan weren't all a bunch of psychotics. So you know. <laughs> Ian Clark, two to go. Ian Clark. Mm-hmm. Aside from anything else, that makeup is next level stuff. I mean, look at it. Totally with you, Ian. I thought, I thought it's a terrific makeup. It was, look, they were going for an eyeball makeup, and it looks really, really uncomfortable. It looked, I like it, but you don't. <laughs> Making all sick, that would. You wouldn't want that served up with onions, would you? <laughs> and last but not least, uh, sorry if I butcher the pronunciation, but I think it's uh, Michaela Lucas Rowe. Oh, I don't, I don't know who you are, but welcome. Honestly, it's stuff like this that makes me love Muffet. This is an exceptionally solid standalone episode, but it also feeds into the main arc of the season. Well, I'll tell you what, after an hour and a half of me bitching about it, it's quite nice to hear people saying lovely things, isn't it? I'll just say, I think, it, I think it's, uh, it's, it's definitely 
there's definitely far worse Smith episodes than this, definitely, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, Wedding River Song, for one. Oh, I'm not going on about that. Well, Dave, where are we going to go next? Um, did we did we agree which one? Or I can't remember. Did we? We could be. We, I think we agreed that we we could either be oh, jetting yeah. off to the the edge of the universe or going to a parallel world somewhere. Yes, that's right. That's right. And I need to send out some messages to people, don't I? <laughs> but essentially, I'm going to put this on on record now. There could be a foursome occurring between Lucy McCall, Daniel Knight, yourself, and me as we head to Zeta Minor, where Cy Hart is currently imprisoned and having a jolly old time. <laughs> He's in that pet ready. He's... He hates it, doesn't he? He really hates it. Oh, yeah, I know he hates it. I'm saying he'll, he'll be in that pit. Or, nah, you know that pit, in it? Oh, that black hole. Yeah. Aye, I think he's trapped in there, Cy, because yeah, Planet of Wretched Evil, he calls it. I don't like oh cast dispersions on people, you know, but Cy has been in a few black holes in his time. I'm telling <laughs> you. <laughs> no, listen. Okay. Thank you for letting me vent. Thank you for celebrating this story because I think sometimes it's quite refreshing to have two contrasting voices. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thanks for, for biting my butt. No, no, no. Well, let's just say until next time. Till next time. <laughs>